along on the sermon on your phone at cornerstonealliance.info. There's a button you can click. You can get sermon notes. You could type in uh, the sermon notes and have an email to yourself later. There's sermon notes at the back if you just want to go and get a paper copy. And you can follow along there. Also, anything you want to sign up for, if you have any more questions, just cornerstonealliance.info on your phone. Uh, if you're looking at your phone, we'll trust that uh, you're not playing games. But you can play a game if you want. It's also a great uh, resource for uh, Bible reading as well. So please feel free um, to do that. So hearing, um, this, this is the first in a sermon series on prayer, and we're talking about hearing God's voice. Specifically, um, can we hear God's voice? Does God speak to us? How does he speak to us? And so I want to encourage you to sign up for that Hearing God workshop, and so that's what uh, I want to talk about um, this morning. In the past, as we look through uh, the story of uh, God's people all throughout the Bible, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, uh, in the past, in the Old Testament, we know that God spoke to people in many different ways, and we've talked about this before. Sometimes an angel would appear, and God would speak to somebody. Sometimes God spoke in a voice that someone could hear. Sometimes there was writing on the wall. All sorts of different ways that God was speaking to us. And the amazing thing is, when God did speak to someone, it changed their life. Their life was never the same as it was uh, before. In Hebrews, uh, but things have changed. Uh, Jesus Christ came. And with him, when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit to be with us, which was even greater, he said, than if he was here in flesh and person. And Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, it says this, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. Right? Well, I just went through a few of them with you. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his Son, Jesus Christ, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he also made the universe. So we believe God still speaks to his people. So this might make some people nervous. Some people believe there's, there's one, one field of thought, and, and we're open, if you're new here today, we, we're open to different fields of thought. We don't make you force, force you to believe uh, what we believe. Jesus is at the very center, and we believe in Jesus Christ, and that he died for our sins, and he came back to life, and, and that's kind of non-negotiable. There's a few non-negotiable things, but then some of these other things in the periphery, um, we have some leniency. And so we don't force everyone to believe exactly the way we do. Some of us in here have different beliefs about certain different things. But some people uh, might think, uh, believe that God has already revealed everything to us. And this is how God speaks today. Through his word, through his Bible. This is uh, the perfect revelation. And once this was completed, in the New Testament time, the Bible was still being written. And so Paul wrote letters and later they were collected and, and brought together. And then, but once the Bible was finished, then that was it. And if you ever want to know, if you want to ever want to hear God speak to you, then just read your Bible. Everything you need to know is here. So this is one kind of school of thought. And, and people, uh, I've heard people kind of make jokes, and it's kind of funny, even though I'm not in this camp, of, uh, for example, someone's like just dying for God to, please speak to me, please speak to me, and their Bible is three inches away. And the joke is, we'll just have to open your Bible and God has always revealed everything you need to know. God does speak to us through his written word. That's one of the key ways that he does speak to us. But others, maybe if there's another extreme, people have an inner voice. They might think it's a light, a special illumination from God that's inside them that takes precedence or priority over the written word. And so, some, you know, the Bible is not really convenient, right? There's some things that I'm sure you wish wasn't in here. There's some things that I wish weren't in here, but... But sometimes we, we might receive a, a new revelation, and this would take priority over 
whatever is in the scripture. And so people um, are, on, are in this camp too. And so they think this, yeah, I know what the Bible says, but I received something new. I received a newer revelation. And I can give some stories. You can probably think of some too where uh, there's, there's extreme examples where leaders have taken people and literally, meaning figuratively, uh, jumped over a cliff and they just all followed because they got a newer revelation. So God will speak to us through his spirit, to our spirit, but it's not going to contradict what is in the word. One of the main reasons God, ways God speaks to us is when we're reading the scriptures and things jump out at us and we'll get to that in a minute. But God does speak to us. I want to share this with you because it's really important for you that you learn how to discern what God is saying to you because no one else can do that for you. I can't do that for you. No one can tell you God is telling you this, you know, you need to marry me or whatever, or you need to quit your job and move here. God told me that, you know, the will, what he wants for your life. No one can do that. You need to learn how God speaks and you need to be able to recognize his, there are so many voices. You know, when you, when you feel you're hearing God's voice, how do you know that's God's voice and not like the enemy? How do you know that's not just the pizza you ate and you're having that feeling. It's not really, how do you know this? How do you discern? If we are followers of Jesus Christ, then we need to be able to hear his voice and respond and have that kind of a relationship with him. And we also need to know how we know that's his voice and not something else or someone else. So it's very important for you. I want you to learn how God speaks and be able to recognize his voice. You ever heard of this thing called YouTube? It's this you know, thing on the internet, but apparently that thing's still around. And uh, I googled this thing, my sheep hear his voice from John 10, chapter 4. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I lead my sheep, and my sheep recognize my voice, and they follow me, but they do not recognize the voice, they do not the voice of a stranger or the enemy. And so uh, there's this video online of a, of a shepherd, and he was, uh, his sheep are far out in pasture, and other people came up and they started doing these calls and getting the, come on, you know, come sheepy or whatever. And, and they didn't even like stop eating. Someone else came and, and tried in a foreign language and the sheep didn't even pay attention. And then the shepherd called and they stopped eating. They all looked at him and this whole herd started running towards them and people were, they started swearing. They thought, oh, that's so amazing on YouTube. So careful if you watch YouTube. Sometimes there's bad words. Um, but that's what Jesus, it's an illustrate what Jesus is saying. The good shepherd, like the sheep, we are sheep. We recognize his voice and we follow him. But it's important that you can discern God's voice because I can't tell you what God is saying to you. I can kind of suggest, and uh, sometimes I know that God is not saying that to you because it, it contradicts what is in God's word, but I can make some suggestions. Well, maybe God is saying this to you. Maybe this is happening because he wants to get your, but I don't really know. You need to be able to discern. So a good example of this is Luke chapter 18 and Luke chapter 19. Do you have your Bibles or if you have a phone, Bible on your phone, look at Luke chapter 18. Starting at verse 18. 18, 18. There's a story of a wealthy man in Luke chapter 18. There's another story of another wealthy man in Luke chapter 19. Look at Luke chapter 18, verse 18. It says, a certain ruler, this story appears in, in other gospels as well, and in Mark, 
it says that this man ran up to Jesus. But in Luke, he says, a, a certain ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a good question, right? Hey, what, what do we have to do? Have you ever wondered? Do you want to know what Jesus said to him? Well, Jesus answered with a question. Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. You know, and the man said, yes, all these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. So this is a good man. That, that's, he's, he's kept all these commandments. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. This is what Jesus said to this guy in Luke chapter 18. Now, he was a good man. He kept all the rules. He kept all the commandments. So he probably kept, gained his wealth through honest means. He was eagerly seeking Jesus because the market says he ran up to him. And Jesus says, sell everything. Well, when he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard, it is, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's a surprising answer. This is what Jesus' words were to this man. Now, does this mean we read this and we think, well, if anyone who's wealthy, how do you inherit eternal life? It says right here, sell everything, give to the poor. And if you don't do that, then I'm assuming you're not going to you know, get treasure in heaven. That might be one way to interpret this, except unless you keep reading. This person, Jesus' words were to him, were to sell everything and give to the poor. But this man was a follower of Jesus. And he maybe he was like, oh man, that's really a bummer. That's tough. But if he were to follow Jesus and keep tracking behind him, just in Luke chapter 19, here's another story. This guy's name is Zacchaeus. He's also a wealthy man, but he was a tax collector. And this wealthy man did not gain his wealth by honest means. Tax collectors always charged, or they were known to charge a little more, and people didn't like them. They were taking advantage of the poor. And this man was not seeking Jesus. He was just kind of keeping his distance. So it says here in chapter 19, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore free to sycamore fig tree. And so if you put them all together, it's sycamore free. Sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once, at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Why would you do that, Jesus? But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And look what Jesus said to this wealthy man who gained his wealth by dishonest means. Today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Like what gives, right? If you're a Luke 18 man, wouldn't you be a little bit ticked off? Like he wasn't even a good man he gives half of it back, and, you, and he says, salvation has come. But what about me, an honest man? You told me to give everything to the poor. So 
if you were to read this, you might think, oh, if we're wealthy, we just have to give half, you know, and just don't cheat anybody. This is how we get eternal life. You see, Jesus might say something to you, and if you're in the same situation as this person, it might say something different. Jesus is kind of saying, well, my word to you isn't necessarily my word to you. You need to be able to discern what Jesus is saying to you, and you need to be able to you. Same thing happened in John chapter 21. Do you remember that famous um, time where, where um, Jesus kept saying, feed my sheep, you know, feed my sheep, and... and um, Chapter, at the end of John chapter uh, 21, um, to Peter. He said, um, Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following him. In verse 20. Um, and in verse 21, um, like Jesus had just given his word to Peter. And then Peter said, well, what about him? When Peter saw John, he said, what about him? And Jesus said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Now, there are universal commands. There are universal truths that we are all accountable for in, in here. So it's not like you can get away with, with adultery and you can't get away with adultery. Like it's, we don't, none of us um, are to commit adultery. None of us are to murder. There are certain things that are for everyone, but then there's specific things that Jesus might be saying to you, and you're in the same, it might be something different. So how do you know? How do you know this is not from the enemy? How do you know this is a trick of Satan? How do you know it's not just your own desires that are bubbling up inside, and you're saying, this is God's word? How do you know? Or if someone comes to you and says, I was praying for you, and, and I felt God telling me to, you know, something. You're like, oh, how do you know? You see, you need to learn how to discern God's voice for yourself. God gave, uh, God spoke, he, has, he created everything to have a relationship. He wants to be in a relationship with each and every one of us, and he loves details. If you read through the Bible, you see he gave really detailed details to Noah about how to build the ark, or to Solomon how to build the temple. He gave details to people uh, in the early church, like which way to go and when to turn, and he's interested in the intricacies of our lives. Not like, probably not like what toothpaste you should buy, but there are certain decisions as you go through life, as you're, you're younger, you might want to know what school should I go to? You might want to know what job should I take? It's important for you to get guidance. I know sometimes we might choose a job and then three months later, we're out of work. Well, if we had known that was going to happen, I would have chosen this other job, right? Has that ever happened to you? Or like, How do we know when it comes to decision times? God is speaking to us, but we aren't always um, listening. John 10.4 says, my sheep hear my voice. That's important. My sheep. He didn't say, um, my, uh, my church leaders hear my voice, and the rest of you, you know, sucks to be you kind of thing. He says, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say, my, my pastors hear my voice, and then, and then you know, God's just going to tell me, I'm going to tell you. In the Old Testament, that's how it was. If you wanted to hear from God, prophets would give God's word to you. They were, they were the mediators. But not so now. In the past, God spoke in many different ways, but today he speaks to us through his son. And when Jesus left, he said, I'm sending you the Holy Spirit to speak to each and every one. To, to, he's not sending us just a book. It's not, oh, it's not clothes. 
the book is closed. When we receive, when we, when God speaks to us, we're not going to put it in the appendix and say it's the same. It's not the same, but there are times when Jesus wants to guide us. We say he's the Lord of our lives, but he's actually functioning as the Lord. So I want you to learn. Don't, don't leave it on me to tell you what God is saying to you. Sometimes when God speaks to you, it might be like, that is, why? Like, that doesn't make any sense. That's why we have community. We help, we help each other to, to be able to discern God's voice together. Now, it could be you come to a fork in your life where there's one job and another job, and this job has, like, lots of vacation time, and, uh, and it's a raise, and even less responsibility. Like, it's perfect, right? You get more money, work less, more vacation. And then there's this other job where maybe you have to work longer hours, and you don't get any more vacation pay, or maybe if it's less salary. Well, do you even have to pray about that? Of course we do this, right? Not necessarily. You know, God, God sees things that we don't see. Maybe this really great job is going to fall apart in three months. We don't know these things. But God may be asking us to take a, a lesser job. He may be asking us to do something that doesn't seem to make sense for us because he's got a bigger plan. I can give you, uh, and this is why we need to be able to discern what God is saying to each and every one of us. One of the best ways that God speaks to us is through reading his word. And so when I was living in Japan as a single person before I met well, I knew Pauline, but before we got uh, married, um, I was in this job that I hated. I was teaching English, but it was like, I felt like I was their slave. I went to Japan because I wanted to learn the language, learn the culture, and just, you know, learn. Um, but I was, whenever I was at school, we, it was an English-only environment, which was good for the students. But I wanted to learn the culture, so I wasn't allowed to even practice Japanese at school. Sometimes I was there 12 hours a day. And, and then I also had to be a salesperson, which I don't like doing, so if the students sign up again, if they like me, then I get bonuses. It was just a lot of pressure. I thought, this isn't why I came. I didn't come here to make a lot of money. I came to Japan to learn about the culture and to learn about the churches in Japan, and so I started making plans. I found other teachers who had uh, better jobs where they didn't work as hard uh, or as long, and uh, they were able to practice and go to Japanese school and learn things. So that's what I came here for. God knows that. But it was hard because the company I was working for had my apartment, so if I quit my job, I have no place to live, and I go, you know, how do you find a place to live? So, but I made a plan. It worked out perfectly. I knew it was going to give glory to God because I have more time to witness and to share my testimony because I'm not stuck in this awful company. So I was just about to put the plan into motion, and at that time I was reading, I had a Bible reading plan, I was just reading each day, um, and it's all set up, and, you know, Monday read this, and then Tuesday read this, and it goes through, and kind of then cycles back again. And that day I happened to be reading from a story uh, in the Old Testament. God often speaks this way. Like, it's really good if you do have a Bible reading plan. It's like, how did God know I was going to be reading that story on that day? You, some of you have stories like that. But this was a story of the Gibeonites. Do you remember the Gibeonites in the Old Testament? And um, Joshua was coming and he was taking over the land and, and the people that were there. And so um, the Gibeonites were afraid. And they actually lived right next to the Israelites. But they pretended they came from really far away. So they got old clothes and stale bread, and, and they made themselves look, you know, haggard, like as if they'd walked, you know, for days and days and days. And they said to Josh, oh, we'll be your friends. Let's make a covenant. Let's make a, you know, pledge, and let's, let's be nice to each other. Let's make a peace treaty. 
And the scripture said they, they sampled their provisions. They could see that. Oh, yeah, it's, they're telling the truth. Like, they've come really far away. We don't need to worry about them. So he made a peace treaty with them. But then, as I was reading, it said, um, but they did not inquire of the Lord. Like, it was an obvious this choice. So we don't need to pray about this. But that was their mistake. He said they didn't pray. They didn't ask God. They just used their own kind of ideas. And that phrase stuck out to me. It's like, whoa. That's like what's happening to me. I was just about to put this plan into place, but I hadn't really prayed. I mean, I didn't have to pray. It was a perfect plan. So I thought, okay, um, God, maybe you're telling me something, so I will not quit. I'll, I'll stick at this you know, dumb job for now. Shortly after that, after I stuck at this dumb job, one of my students um, became a believer. He became a Christian in Japan. There's very few believers very few churches, and so he became a Christian, and I thought, oh, huh. Then I felt, I, I, you can't explain it, but I just felt released, or I felt peace, I thought, okay, now is the time to quit, and now I can move on, so then I was able to do that. But I thought, you know, maybe that was God speaking to me directly from that little verse. And it doesn't mean that's, you know, maybe you're in the same situation, teaching us in Japan, that's not for you necessarily, but that was that day for me. And so it's really good if you don't have a habit of, of reading you know, through Scripture, choose one of the Gospels and read about Jesus and, and just read. Sometimes it'll be like, whoa. I mean, I know that's what's happening, in this, but somehow the Holy Spirit kind of highlighted this passage and he was trying to speak to me. One of the main reasons that, ways that God will speak to you is through your daily Bible reading. So I want to encourage you um, to be doing that. So, you may have many questions, and I can't answer all the questions, but I will answer all of your questions at the Hearing God Workshop, which starts October 20th. If you have um, questions, if you have doubts, uh, I just want to encourage you to take some time to do that. As a church, too, as a community, we try to discern what God is saying as a community rather than as individuals. It's easy for us to, get, to go off. Um, when I have an idea, I know, the church, I know what we should do. But no one else agrees with me, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. Um, that's not how I, I act. I realize if no one else is seeing this, we all have the same Holy Spirit. Like, okay, maybe this is my own desires. Maybe there's, or maybe it's just not yet is the answer. So that has happened in the short history of time I've been here. The answer was not yet. And other people were praying and coming alongside and helping. So do you know how to recognize God's voice? How does God speak to you. God can speak through anything. He can speak through animals. He can speak through weather. He can speak to certain situations in your life, but often he'll speak as you're reading his word. And it'll be a thought that comes to your mind, and you need to be able to recognize the sheep, recognize the voice. Oh, that's my shepherd, not, you know, this, these other people. And we go running after it. I want you to learn how to, don't leave it to me to tell you what God is saying to you. And if someone comes up to you, like after the service, and like, hey, God was telling me, um, you know, um, he told me you're going to die in six months. <laughs> we don't allow that here. Just like there's certain parameters that Paul put on his people in this Corinthian church about how to speak in tongues and how to prophesy, there's parameters here that I would like you to learn in the Hearing God workshop. Like that's something, that's silly. Don't let people speak into your life just kind of carte blanche. People will share things with you. A few weeks ago, I was praying for someone, and a verse came to my mind. I said, I'm going to text this person. I send it to them. I don't know what it means, but I thought this somehow 
why, when I'm praying for this person, why did that verse come to my mind? So I texted it to them, and they later got back to me later that day and said, that was perfect. It was exactly what I was needed. I believe God, through his Holy Spirit, was encouraging me to send that particular, I don't know why, to that person. So people will speak into your lives, but just there's ways to do that, and I want to teach you how to do that at this workshop. So um, there's a few questions I just want to leave with you today, and they are in your note, notes. If you don't have your notes, let me just read this to you. So are you presently spending time reading and studying God's Word? It's not something that you have to do, but it's something you will enjoy doing. Some days it may feel like, oh, I don't really want to, but just we can be disciplined to do that anyways. Do you want to hear God's voice? Is there a certain passage of Scripture that keeps coming back to your mind? Focus on that. You can meditate on Scripture and take some time to enter into that story and, and ask God to speak to you and then confer with other Christian believers as well. When you're reading scripture, if there's something that you come across that is a command maybe or something that you feel God is asking you to do, then you need to do it. If he's the Lord, if he's asked to do that, and the more you do that, the more you get accustomed to recognizing his voice again and again. So here's some questions that you can ask yourselves. One of the ways that God will speak to us is through reading. I encourage you to get a reading plan. There's a Bible app called YouVersion. There's lots of different Bible apps. It's free. Lots of different translations are free. And they have reading plans. You can go, oh, I'm going to choose this one. It's maybe like a six-day reading plan. Or you can choose a one-year through the Bible, and it will give you a little notification on your bus, on your way to work, or school as you're commuting. You go, oh, here, here's my, and you just read it. Um, there's many different, I just encourage you to do that. I just want to pray uh, for you now, and then we'll sing one more song, and today we'll be celebrating uh, communion as well. Let's pray together. God, I thank you that you are a loving God, and you are not a God who is distant. You are a God who is very close. I thank you that you are always waiting for us to come. You, you don't turn your back on us and give up. Thank you for being patient. And Lord, you desire to have this living relationship with us, so please give us that same desire. Help us to follow you even more closely than we do already. Teach us to discern your voice. Let us be like, like dumb sheep. We just go running as soon as they hear their master's voice. And let us recognize your voice more clearly than ever. Don't stop speaking to us. Amen.